We're starting a movement with Lazy Boy. Well, technically, it's more of a don't movement. We work full-time and parent full-time. Our feet will be in the upright position, and our podcast will be listened to fully reclined. Now that we've completely checked off our to-do list, we'll be checking off our to-don't list until further notice. We, the lazy, are taking back lazy, all from the comfort of our Lazy Boy furniture. Lazy Boy, long live the lazy. So unfortunately, it is now time. I think you have to put your iPhones on the tray. I actually, I can't give you my iPhone because I didn't bring it in today. I'm going to have to take this. Goodbye. What? Goodbye. Any parting words? Do you want to say? I'll miss you. <laughs> Any hug goodbye? Yeah, I did. Here we go. I can't. I cannot oh, watch really this. really sad. Look at that. <sighs> oh. Now, gentlemen, I'm going to give you my parting words <laughs> of the offline phone challenge. Okay. And I'm going to move away from the mic because it's going to be loud. Ole cuisine! <laughs> <laughs> you are appropriately uh, nuts. Yeah, appropriately nuts. <laughs> I'm John Favreau. Welcome to Offline. Hey, everyone. We have a very special Offline episode today, which is why the brilliant Max Fisher is here. Hi, Max. I am so excited we have been cooking this up for a long time i am really excited this was, for what we're kicking off this week yeah max uh had this idea when you first started here at crooked the very first thing that i pitched to you for offline when i came over to crooked was let's make ourselves guinea pigs in this six-week experiment for healing our own addiction to our smartphones and helping everyone who is listening heal their addictions to their smartphones. So I think we're all kind of dealing with this. Yeah. So this is happening, people. Uh, we've been talking about phone addiction since the beginning of the show, our collective addictions, my own personal addiction. Max wrote an entire book about the addictive quality of social media. And now uh, 70 episodes in, <laughs> we finally decided to stop talking about it uh, and tried to do something about it. And we're hoping a lot of you will join us. Before we get into the specifics of what we're going to do, we should talk a little bit about why. Mm -hmm. um, how bad is your phone addiction, Max? So I have been thinking a lot about this because I think we all kind of take for granted. We like laugh about it. We're like, oh, ha ha, my dopamine receptors are fried. Ha ha, I look at my phone too much. But when you actually like drill down and really like look as we have been doing rigorously at your own screen time and mm. especially you look at things like the number of times in the day you pick up your phone and especially what you were spending that time on it's it's like out of control <laughs> i mean it really it's just like we've all it just it's so normalized because it's happening to everyone but it's like i mean we've talked about this like the specific chemical addictive like physically addictive nature but i think when you like i know when i look at the cost to my like day-to-day -day life that it is so easy to laugh off it's like it's real it's a real cost i mean people who've listened to this show for a long time know um i hold my phone when i pee uh <laughs> which is gross i check it in my car which is dangerous i read it during meals uh before bed when i wake up and it's also just constant checking with no real purpose uh, especially now that Twitter sort of sucks. That's yeah. like my that's yeah, my, yeah. my drug of choice. Yeah. But um, when I'm on Twitter now, it's like I'm not even, there's nothing even going on. Now I'm just checking for the sake of checking. Right. And also now, because I'm using Twitter a little less, I'm noticing like 
checking Instagram more, checking our Slack channels more, mail, text, weather, checking the weather many times a day. For what reason? We live in Any, Los Angeles. Anything to get that dopamine hit. That's right. Yeah. Um, I can't read anything that's very long. I don't. I haven't written in forever. Can't focus or even think freely without being interrupted or interrupting myself. I guess. So yeah, it's a it's an issue. And I felt like at one point when we first started the show, I had gotten a little better when Charlie was first born. And he first started to like talk a little bit. I was like, okay, I'm a little better spending time with him, putting the phone away. But it's I've sort of had a little bit of backsliding. I feel like there are like three really important things that I've learned about smartphone addiction, both from like examining it in myself, which you end up when you like write a book on social media, you end up thinking a lot about like what is my own relationship to this, and also just like spending a lot of time with people who are studying it, with neuroscientists, like looking at all these studies and the like three things that I think we all kind of know are true. When you look at them together, you see the enormity of it, which is number one, we are all spending significantly more time on our phones than we want to be spending. You can look at, if you pull up your phone, you go to settings, you look at screen time, you can look at your average hours per day. I guarantee you will be terrified of that number. And it like when people are asked like how much time do you want to be spending it's always way less than that. So that is the like control that is being taken away from you. Number 2, we are all spending that time on things that we know make us sadder, lonelier, more anxious and that take away from the things that we care about and that we actually want to be doing that we actually find fulfilling in life. And number 3, as is typical of addiction, and this is addiction, is that we usually fail when we try on our own to change that relationship on our phones and to, yeah. to have the kind of time on our phones that we want to have. We can't do it, which is why we are doing this so that people or that us, you and I, don't have to try to do it on our own. You mentioned uh, checking your screen time. Let's start there. Let's both uh, compare screen time. Just here. just do some self humiliation here for my, the benefit of the people. I just want to say that mine is a little interesting. I'm going to actually go back three weeks because you can tell that as we have the week before this challenge, we're about to yeah. do some challenges here for to, to try to unplug. The screen time actually went up. <laughs> so the the Austin and Emma, the producers of this show, did something very canny. They've actually been doing a lot of like yes. kind of nefarious, brilliant things yeah. in, in like they're setting drunk. us up for. They're them. drunk with power. <laughs> um, they completely ambushed us on asking us for our screen time stats because I was doing the same thing. I was like, okay, when we get close to this, I'm gonna like try to be a little bit better so I could like be the A student. And no, I did not get yeah. a chance to. I've do been that. just standing at the buffet the whole time uh so okay so april 16th through the 23rd my average screen time was four hours and 50 minutes a day holy shit just on your phone just on my phone last week's average was six hours and 12 minutes whoa whoa (laughs) and and then this week so far i'm back to four hours and 38 minutes but again we're recording this on wednesday yeah so i I don't know what was happening last week but i'll give you the i'll get in the six hour 12 give me the breakdown six hour 12 minute uh most used apps uh, Twitter, 11 hours and 43 minutes on Twitter wow. that week. iMessage, 5 hours and 44 minutes. Eh, that, that seems fine to me. Mail, 2 hours and 54 minutes. Tells you how much work I'm doing. Safari, because I still use Safari as my browser. I'm a weirdo. Uh, 2 hours and 3 minutes. Some Instagram. Some millennial shit right there. <laughs> Instagram, 1 hours and 55 minutes. Wow. Future, which is the workout app that also has sponsored uh, Pod Save America, has my workouts <laughs> on it. One hour and 54 minutes. Don't Thank know you, I'm, Future. Don't know about workouts. Uh, and Slack, 
one hour and 24 minutes. And then WhatsApp, one hour and 13 minutes. Spotify, 57 minutes. Google Maps, 57 minutes. Nanit, which is the, the camera in Charlie's crib, 51 minutes. Postmates, 36 minutes. And that's it. I wonder if there were a way where you could line up against those numbers. Those like two hours on this app, four hours on this app. If you could have in there like, how many hours did you spend with like your family? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a, that's how many a, hours did you spend like talking to a person that's a, who uh, was like a, a friend? Frightening. Right. Do I, do I have to talk to that person? And then I have to talk to that person in person, right? Not on, <laughs> not texting that person. It's being in a Well, in a I mean, this is, the, this is the real thing because they're like, th- th- we know from studies that that time that goes into your phone, what that comes from is it's a little bit things like exercising and reading, which is an activity that I used to do in the past. <laughs> but it's mostly, it's from socializing. It's from in-person interaction. There's a stat that we've talked about before that I think about all the time that in 2014, for the first time, the amount of time the average American, so not even like, you know, Twitter brain poison, like smartphone addicts, the average American spent more time on Facebook owned apps alone than they did socializing in person. Oh, Just Facebook's app. And that gap that has been growing so brutal. every year. So that's what our lives are now. And that's, you know, that's what life is supposed to be. Which, I mean, they, I, I think that yeah. it's really like the we're, cost we're, of this. It really is like uh, we're already in the metaverse. <laughs> you know like yes we have legs we're not avatars right but we're we're still we're in the metaverse oh my god it's so much shittier than i thought it would be let's uh, let's hear let's hear your screen time so my screen time let me go back a week uh four hours and 38 minutes okay average so uh about on par with yours uh over the course of the week my most use almost six hours on slack Mm. Number one, and we'll talk about that as my like nicotine patch for my Twitter Sorry. addiction, which has been like helpful in the sense that being on Twitter is horrible for you in many ways, but it's still like it's still a smartphone addiction. Number two, Twitter, four and a half hours. Uh, number three, TikTok, almost four TikTok. hours. Yeah, I have a I think crippling TikTok addiction. I've gone back and forth on TikTok where it's on my phone and then I worry about uh, the Chinese spying and I take it off my phone, <laughs> then I put it back on, which is a great way to avoid <laughs> Yeah, avoid, that's avoid right. Yeah, yeah, that, right. Well, that will really stop to... <laughs> the spies. Yeah, there's no way around that. It's, it's but it's, brilliant. it's off now because I was like, what, what else am I, what am I doing with TikTok? I mean, if you want to know like the deep, like shameful addiction <laughs> picture of me on my phone, it's me like sitting on my sofa um, when I like sat down with a book and meant to read and instead I'm curled up with TikTok deep into hour two (laughs) and like the sun is set and it's dark and like I haven't turned the lights on because I'm just like deep in my addiction yeah yeah Uh, uh, number four Rhea a dating app that is very social media like and also addictive. <laughs> um, boy, are we not going to get into that at all? <laughs> no, <I laughs> boy, boy, is that off limits? I, I missed. I missed Raya. I will say. Yeah, <laughs> just it's, to, you know what? Missed all the dating apps. You're 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 better off. Uh, <laughs> You know, Raya or having a family. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one. Which one is better? Who's winning? It's a tie. We'll call it a tie. Kamut, which is a uh, an exercise, like a cycling app, Instagram, Google Maps. Mm, that's a tough, that's uh, yeah, a good one. That's a, that's a pretty useful one. Um, Letterboxd, which is the one social media app I will actually say is great because it's like pre-newsfeed, pre-2008 social. It's like Goodreads for movie reviews. Oh. You write a movie review. Your friends read, write movie reviews. You read each other's reviews. You do a little likes. It's actually great. But it's un- only movie only movies it's only movies and it's like it's very small it has none of the like viral features but it's great because it's like it's a great place to do some writing 
But you don't like uh, dunk on bad movie reviews. Exactly. Tell people to right. do better. Right, right. There's no, right, there's no <laughs> like viral. This review. Yeah, like main character, like yeah. quote, tweet, like, wow, problematic review. Um, and it's just like, it's just a nice place to do like writing for fun. That sounds nice. Uh, I actually really recommend it. Uh, iMessage, Mail, uh, Chrome. That's a browser that yes, we that, started yeah. using in the, uh, the <laughs> mid 2000s. <laughs> It's like me and John, uh, when John, I first when I first met Emily and she was like sent me something on a Google Doc and I was like what is Google Documents? <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow! You were just using your typewriter. I still mostly use Word. To... I'm, I, I, I'm a Word guy all the way down. So, but the actual I think the actual scary stat is uh, not screen time. It's it's pickups. The number of times in a day. That you do they, do they can I see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You scroll down, which anyone Lou who is listening, like pick up your phone, go to settings, go to screen time, and then look at like it's like more activity and more details, and then scroll down to the number. This is the number of times in the day that you pick up your phone. My average per day is 108. Oh my god. Which means if you're awake 16 hours a day, that's what is that? five times seven times an hour Wait, that's a lot you, it's like every your, five six minutes what were your pickups uh, 108 per day 108 per day yeah so like every seven minutes i'm picking up my phone Ooh. and then it will show you the first app that you oh, check no. and it's usually slack mine says and no. twitter and that's i think that's the real marker for addiction because that's when you're you know you're standing in an elevator and you're it's like you start to have thoughts and to, to like exist in the universe and you can't have that no so that's when you like your brain. That's, that's my nightmare. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, two eighty four <laughs> for me. Two hundred eighty four pickups oh a my day. God. <laughs> Jesus, are you okay? No, I'm not okay. <laughs> this, this that's is, so bad. Can we? Someone I'm dial nine one one. Someone call an ambulance immediately because this is really. Um, um, so uh, there's an obvious reason uh, we're finally about to. Um, do some uh, offline challenges offline um, to challenges. help break our phone addictions now uh and that is content obviously these offline challenges will make for great social content video audio we are in the content business but beyond that why did you think it was a good idea to try to ease our phone addictions now so for the next i think it's six weeks we are going to be imposing on ourselves a series of like hard firm restrictions on how we can use our phones. And we'll be trying out a new offline challenge every week. Some of them are like gonna be in the style of a digital detox. Some are more drastic. And a couple I think uh, will turn out to be like outright devious as Emma and Austin use us as their like voodoo dolls to like torment us for their own amusement <laughs> and for everyone else's amusement, which is great. Uh, and then at the end of the each week, we'll look at how effective it was, whether it improved our focus, made us happier, we were able to spend more time reading or writing, and also how difficult it was to manage. And the, like the reason I wanted to do this is to make ourselves guinea pigs, basically, in this like big running experiment to test out every viable method we could think up to try to retake control of those hours per day that we're losing to our phones. And partly the goal is to learn as we go what works and what doesn't, what changes as a result of these new restrictions every week and how we feel and how we like exist in the world. But mostly I wanted to do it to help each of us, you know, including you and me, because we really need it because we're fucking degenerate addicts, mm. but also everyone listening, identify some particular set of changes that we can each make in our lives that will be manageable, that will be sustainable, and will be effective at letting us 
uh, like have the lives that we want to have instead of the lives that these tech companies want to have to give us dopamine addictions to help them make a little bit more money. You can have a life uh, without a phone. That's what we're going to find out. <laughs> That's Thanks. the test. That's the offline Thanks. challenge. Thanks. I hate it. Um, so <laughs> I talked to a lot of people on this show about different strategies mm. they use to unplug. Johan Hari has a plastic safe that you put your phone in. Oh, wow. And then you uh, you lock it, set a timer, uh-huh. and then uh, you can't get it out until the timer goes off. And then you have another phone that you use to browse TikTok, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, then, then there's your burner phone. <laughs> yeah. um, Ezra Klein, a uh, friend of ours, completely unplugs on Saturdays. Uh, no phone. That seems drastic. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's like the Sabbath. Uh, yes. And people have talked about uh, on the show less extreme strategies like putting your phone in another room while you sleep or no screens a few hours before bed, taking long walks without a phone, mm. setting a time limit on your phone for certain social media apps. Before we get into the challenges, which strategies have you tried in the past for unplugging? So when I kind of started my like deep dive into the internet and social media and smartphone addiction, which I think is around the same time you did like 2017, 2018. It wasn't yet common for people to have these like methods they use for adapting to their phones. So I was kind of like on my own in it. And it's now like, I mean, like you said, it's now strikingly common when you talk to people who are like really insidery, really in the tech world. Like they all have these like esoteric but very specific strategies that they use to manage the relationship to their phone because they know that like you have to do it. Otherwise, you know, your life has gone to it. I ended up something that was very targeted to social media just because that's what I was thinking about, which was that I um, first I took a like hard nine month break from social media because I was addicted not just to using it, but I could feel it changing like who I was really. And I like there was this like the moment that I was like, this is nuts. I've got to delete these apps off my phone. Was I remember I read this study that we've talked about before on the show that showed that people you who used Twitter and Facebook uh, because the platform artificially amplifies the reach anytime you express outrage mm. on those apps for because it serves yeah. the purposes that you spend time in the apps, you become more prone to expressing outrage, even if you don't like it and it makes you unhappy. And then you become more prone to feeling outrage in your day to day life. Yes. And that was when I had this one where it's like, oh, I thought I was using the social media apps like for my own purposes and exploiting like viral whatever to like, you know, promote articles or to like yell at bad guys. But I was really just a, a lab rat yeah. who was just being like trained by like Jack Dorsey to make Jack Dorsey yeah, a little bit you're more. You're not in control of Twitter. Twitter's in control of you. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And when you see that and when you see that like I thought I was using the app, but the app is using me, it was really scary. And yeah. I like I deleted the apps. I took nine months off. I did not post wow. anything because I knew my addiction was so strong. If I did not take that time off, I whatever changes I made, I would backslide immediately. Mm. And then I came back and I imposed on myself this like very specific set of rules that I think we're going to talk about at a later show maybe that yeah. I still mostly hold to for how I use the social media apps. And it is like, I think has made my relationship to them a lot healthier, even though I don't use them as much, so I don't get as much promotion out of them. But I never really thought until now as much about smartphone addiction on its own, which is how I like moved all my Twitter and Facebook behavior and Instagram behavior over to group chats and friend slacks, which is great and much healthier, but I still am I'm checking it 300 times a day. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I will certainly not claim uh, that I have any kind of healthy relationship with my phone, <laughs> as we all know. But um, I did set a time limit on Twitter maybe a year ago hmm. uh, for an hour a day 
routinely blow through that. I was going to ask it pops if you ever up and I know and I'm like when it when it pops up in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean like I get up at 5 and then there's a lot of Twitter early on in the morning. Yeah, I wanted so to ask like, you what do you what do you what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? How long between okay. when your eyes open and the phone is in your hand? Like what's the amount of time? I mean, immediately. <laughs> eyes open and I check the time and if it's okay. like it's in the fours. I'm like, you gotta keep sleeping. You, <laughs> you gotta keep sleeping. Four? I, I'm telling you, it's terrible. Yeah. So then, if I'm if I make it to five, Starbucks opens at five thirty, <laughs> and I want to walk to Starbucks, which I usually it's a nice walk in the morning, and I try to just listen to podcasts on the way to Starbucks and put the phone in my back pocket at, at five in the morning. Five thirty. Five thirty. Yeah. As soon as Starbucks opens, I am there. I'm the first customer. <laughs> it's an, it's a, it's a twenty minute walk round trip. Uh, it's a large mon Starbucks. It's great. Are you hearing yourself? They know me. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is. <laughs> <laughs> they know me. It's great. I, I love the folks there. So anyway, then I then I come back and then um, I sit at my sit at my computer and then I start reading the news. Usually at that point, uh, Dan Pfeiffer has texted multiple articles already. <laughs> He's also up early. Tommy is also up that that early wow. as well. Rhodes as well. Everyone's like texting each other. It's a whole yeah. Okay. And then. I try to work out, and then Charlie and Emily get up at like seven, and then okay. like, so it's just it's also like a couple hours to myself. Sure, yeah, which yeah, you don't okay. have anymore. Sure, right. Um, so that's my that's, but anyway, so I did the Twitter app, time limit thing. I have actually gotten better about when I am with family and friends in a social situation, not checking my phone as much. That that I, has improved. I they like. And I've had friends tell me that, so it's not just me really. Saying oh, that's that. great. And you yeah. think it was because of the restrictions that you put on the Twitter app? Yeah, actually, a friend of a mutual friend of both mine and Tommy's was like, both of you were the worst. <laughs> it's just like looking at your phone while we were all hanging out. He's like, now you're you're a better, you're a little better. <laughs> I I feel like since I became more deliberate, I feel my my smartphone addiction imposing itself on so many aspects of my life. But the two things where I feel like I am able to, if I like work at it and I'm conscious at it, keep it out are in-person socializing. And although I'm like, as I say that, I realize I'm aware of where my phone is yes, at all times. Always. Like I know exactly where it is on the table, which is also classic addiction behavior. Yep. Uh, and exercising, like long hikes and long bike oh, rides. Yeah. I like still sometimes I'll like be on a hike and be like, I should check Twitter as I'm like walking down this cliff, which is incredibly dangerous as well as like really <laughs> unhealthy. <laughs> but I'm like generally pretty good at it. No, that's how I, that's how I broke my shoulder two years ago. Really, is I was oh my God. it was in the middle of the pandemic, yeah. and I was on a jog around the neighborhood. Yeah, and I looked down at my fucking phone, <laughs> and I tripped on the sidewalk, and I put my arm out, and I thought I dislocated my shoulder, and it's actually shattered. Wow! <laughs> yeah, had to get surgery. Your smartphone addiction literally shattered your shoulder. <laughs> yes. Holy shit! Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I'm worried about you. I man. know. I'm worried about me too. So I'm better in social situations but the fact that my screen time is so high and my pickups are so high is because alone is the dangerous time right because when i am alone yeah it is just all phone all the time right right and i think that's the real challenge because when what i'm hoping to get out of this is like being able to be alone and Mm. just be alone with your thoughts or read something or you know just that's what i need I, I, that's the really good way to put it. I, the aspect of this that I have been thinking about is like, since we were looking at those screen time stats, that like 
four hours a day has just been like reverberating in my head because like, let's say two hours of that is like actually things that you need to be doing or that you want to be doing. You like have to be on your phone for something. And the other two are just from like addictive behavior, which like honestly looking at that app breakdown, like I think it's probably a lot more than two hours, but like two hours is probably a pretty good rough estimate for the average smartphone user, the average person. And like, that's an eighth of your waking life. If you were awake <laughs> 16 hours a day, that's that's the equivalent of every eighth a day of your life disappearing, just like wiped out. And like, what does that take away from? Like, what are you losing? Every study finds that it's the same thing. It's like socializing. It's talking to people. Mm-hmm. And like the, I, like the Surgeon General, Vivek Murphy, has been like on this big national tour yeah. this week talking about the loneliness epidemic and the like... It's all the like loneliness epidemic, which is like the smartphone addiction is a big part of it. It always gets couched in terms of the costs that the like cost to your mental health and the like basically every physical health problem that you can possibly have goes up when you spend more time alone. But also the like the loss of that social interaction, like that social interaction is just what life is. You know, that's like just that's what like life is supposed to be and like the core of it and like what is meaningful, like spending time with people you care about. And we are all losing that. Well, and we and you and I have talked about this before, but the sort of we've talked a lot on the show about the sort of personal Mm -hmm. addictions to technology and screens and phones and social media and what that does to you personally. And then we've also talked a lot about democracy and what's ha- how the internet has shaped the media and democratic institutions. And I do think that's the connection. There's a connection there, which is that like in a world where we are just on our screens, outraged all the time, scrolling all the time, it promotes outrage, it promotes short-termism, all the things mm-hmm. that sort of degrade democracy over time. I-, I do think, you know, you can trace back to, it's not only the fault of our phones, but you can trace back to us being Absolutely. too online. Right. Those two hours a day that we're spending, the ways that it changes us are harmful to everybody around us, not yeah. just to us. And it like I have also just been thinking more about just what it like means for what life is. Like I'm thirty eight, which means I have been thinking like for really the first time about my life as like a finite, discrete thing mm. and like what I want to do with that time. And like I look at these screen time numbers and I think about like the last five or six years and I have been so addicted to my phone and like it really makes me mad like I don't want to look back and be like this is what I spent my life doing or like hunched in a corner scrolling TikTok longer than I wanted to or like getting mad at tweets that I saw that I didn't like and I like I'm really fed up that it is so hard to retake that eighth of my life that is being siphoned away from me for fucking corporate profits. And I know it's easy if you are like me to blame yourself. And like, I struggle with impulse control in other aspects of my life. So it probably is like a little bit on me. And like you and I like clearly have some like addictive tendencies that makes this like a little bit worse, but we are all fighting against some like very powerful forces and they're winning. And what we're losing are relationships and experiences and time with other people. And even when we're not actively on our phones, we're losing something. Like you mentioned reading, like that lo- that feeling of lost focus and concentration that everyone has, like that's real. Yeah. That really traces back to the amount 
of time you spend on your phone, that fire hose of dopamine that your brain is not designed to absorb changes how your mind works. I used to love reading books. Me you, too. Do you remember books? I, 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 no one will believe that because how much I talk about <laughs> I don't read, but I used to love, love books. Yes. I like throughout my teens and my 20s, like before smartphone apps got really addictive and like also before I got like really like fell into my job. So again, it is like a little bit on me. I always had a book with me. I was putting down like 50, 100 pages every day. Like any free moment I had, I was reading and I took so much away from that. Like personally and professionally, it was so enriching. Um, and now I really struggle to concentrate on a page of text. I feel that phone pulling me. I tried to read a little bit, read a book before bed last night. And I, as I was reading the book, I was like, oh, I want to also read a little bit of this other book that I've been meaning. Like mm -hmm. the same, the same, yes. the same mental processes yes. that make you switch between apps. Right. I was like, I want to read the first chapter of this book. And now I'm going to read the first chapter of this book. I'm like, why don't I just stick with the same fucking book? Right. Because I, I'm because my brain's broken. I'm so glad you mentioned that. That that feeling that you can't get 30 seconds of that a dopamine hit. Mm -hmm. That's not naturally how our brains work. Right. That's the phone. And it like, so I am doing this for me because I like really want to get that back. And I really want to be able to like read a book by the end of this, but I think this like big journey that we are about to go on is for anyone who feels like you need to reset your relationship with your phone and take back the things that matter to you in life. Yes, so there's a reason that we are doing this so publicly. Uh, public shaming is a useful tool, <laughs> as we've also talked about on this show. We're doing it's a, a lot thing. of- It's also, you can be useful, right? Yeah, public uh, shaming of ourselves, and frankly. So we are leaving our digital fates and mental health in the capable hands of Austin and Emma and Caroline. <laughs> Emma, the, the capable and malicious hands, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> and like we some want- Bond villains over here. Some of these challenges you'll be uh, able to do at home yourself. Some of mm -hmm. them will be a, a little more difficult for you to do, but we want people- to join us in this, which is the other reason we're doing it publicly. And again, we don't want to leave it to ourselves because then we would just... No accountability. No accountability. Yeah. All right. So when we come back, Max and I will be presented with the very first offline challenge. <sighs> <laughs> Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams. Now celebrating 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams is the originator of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as its ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are each made with premium materials. Get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code PODCAST15. 
All right, we're back. And joining us to serve as our offline challenge guide, Crooked Media's own social media maven, Carolyn Dumphy. Greetings, <laughs> chefs. I mean, gentlemen. I will be your offline challenge chancellor. What is happening? Now, as chancellor, I will present a new phone challenge each week. I will set the rules, and I will see to your many successes as well as failures. Oh, this is going to be failures, mostly. A lot of failures. Are you ready for your first challenge? No. Uh, I guess. I guess. For those listening at home, know that we are doing a very low-budget version parody <laughs> of Iron Chef. So please check out the offline YouTube. Now that that shameless plug is over, back to the script. The first challenge is... Oh, no. Flip phones! Oh, oh my God. no. That's, look at those things. What do you use those for? Oh, no. I think you're going to LOL at this challenge. <laughs> do they have Twitter on them? They have T9 texting. <laughs> what? Oh. When was the last time you T9 texted someone? 2003. Well, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> That's 20 years ago. Yeah. Freshman Summer, year rolling yeah, right I, back. I, I, I believe Blink-182 was in its prime. <laughs> Summer Girls by LFO was out, and everyone was wearing terry cloth bucket hats. Can we put some Third Eye Blind over in the studio Please. right now? <laughs> oh, do you want to put Jumper on? Because that's going to be your next week. <laughs> Is that going to be my ringtone, actually? Yeah, it's like, that's uh, how I'm going to listen to I music now. I wish you step back from that ledge, my friend. I was, I was I'll say that my transition away from T9 texting, my next phone, so when I joined the carry campaign in 2004, got oh, a BlackBerry. you had the BlackBerry. And the BlackBerry was an addiction that I actually missed. Do you miss the BlackBerry? I, yeah, because the typing on the BlackBerry easier than the iPhone. That actually right. might have Still. been like the perfect moment. We should have just like frozen things in time. I'm like a Luddite, but for the BlackBerry era. Uh, yeah. And I think you guys should take your phones right now. Okay. Look who's, at, look at the keyboard. Phone you mean that's, nope. that's my phone? That's your phone right now. But I already have a phone. See, but the thing is, we're oh. going to be switching in those iPhones for these phones. The fuck we and are. And these are not just any flip phones. They are the F1 Sunbeam, Ooh. who are not sponsoring this segment. <laughs> Should they be? Famously not, but we will ask anyways. Yeah, seriously. So these have weather. Um, they oh, have good. A, they have alarm. So I can still check that. They have alarm <laughs> clocks. So, I mean, you wake up at four, so you won't need that. <laughs> and we have Google Maps on there. So okay. although we are crazy at Crooked Media, <laughs> we're not cruel. We know that you just moved here. So you actually need to know how to get around. Well, like, I need you to be able to show up at work. Yeah, you need to know how to get here. <laughs> I would be I would be like deep in like the Santa Monica Hills, just like wandering right. around. Just walking around anywhere, a, anyway. like a sim in a closed <laughs> off room being like, where to? A, a Tom Hanks and cast away a yes. t-shirt wrapped around my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please come into the office with Wilson. I'm going to be Wilson at the end of this. I am I definitely so. going to be shouting at a volleyball to show me some more TikTok videos. I can't wait. So, um, well, so what do we do with these things? Oh, my God. Talk to people on these? Question. Who talks to people on the phone? Like what? Well, you're gonna like find a phone out. call? Like I don't. Even, I feel like this is just this week is going to be not even using any kind of phone because this seems useless. Okay, so I. But am... <laughs> have you ever played the game Snake? Because that's just that's, uh, that's a lovely snake. time. Okay, great. Okay, so I am actually really excited 
about this because it's a like it's a heartbreak with the mm-hmm. smartphone. It's a way to test like right. what does it really feel like to be off of like the super addictive smartphone stuff. And I, this right. is the thing that a lot of like especially really young people, like a lot of kids, are doing because right. it's like you grow up with this smartphone, you see how poisonous it is. And it's like, I think it's telling that that's the generation that is like, let's go for the flip phones. Let's go for the like old style brick phones. And it's like, it's going to be terrifying, but I think it's going to be cool. Yeah, I am so excited too. (laughs) So excited. After hearing your Twitter usage, you need this. I know I do. I am here to help you. (laughs) In the words of Jerry Maguire, help me to help you. What are your pickup pickup numbers going to be on the flip phone? Probably not. Less than 200, I bet. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Uh, At the early conception of us building out what these challenges would be, like one of the one of the things that we wanted to throw at you uh, would be like a mini game like Mario Party. We're not going to do that because we're not cruel. We're crazy. (laughs) There's a difference. But there is something to be said about typing a full sentence out on T9 or trying to tweet something out on T9 because you have to hit that like this baby over and over and over. I have a vague memory of this. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like Thumper. Are we, are we going to be writing like Ernest Hemingway at the end yes. of this as like short, brief, turf little sentences? I can only hope that you're just going to be sitting at a cafe writing long <laughs> essays <laughs> about your experience and how you've healed and overcome. Actually, or you could just drink as much as Ernest Hemingway and that, that worked out for him. I probably will drink a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 going to substitute one edition for another. Right. going to be like him out on the Florida coast on a boat hunting German U-boats by the end of this <laughs> yes. week. A lot of rum running. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hanging out with the Castros. Exactly. I guess it is like I'm going to have to learn what happened. Like what am I going to fill those four hours what are you a day. Do? I am excited you know. to to figure out that. Yeah, it's going to be terrifying and just like staring into the abyss. You're going to have to figure out hobbies. Yeah, maybe one of you guys can paint. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know what's on that other up a book. side. <laughs> yeah, picking up a picking book. Up a book. <laughs> you're just you're just having mid-week. a conversation. Yeah, midweek. I am imagining the B-roll that Emily is going to capture is that you're going to be in your bedroom surrounded by thirty books, and you're like, I've read the first chapter of each <laughs> one of these books. <laughs> I I have been trying to read Hillary Mantel's A Place of Greater Safety for go. like two months, like eight hundred pages, and I really I'm going to do it this week. Wow, I'm excited. Wow. I think you should also. So try to say, I'm going to read this book this week. He just shared his. to pick a book? It's yeah. hard to pick Anna one. Anna Karenina. I have, like I said, I have, I have 10 that I've gone through the first chapter of. Whatever it is, 800 pages, I think that will It's do. never too soon to reread The Chaos Machine by Max Fisher. <laughs> there you go. But buy another copy. That yeah. might be my last book that I read. We love a shameless plug. Once again, watch the YouTube. nine months ago. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay, so I also want to set the president that in this battle, and I'm by and by battle I mean challenge. Mm-hmm. There is going to be a winner and loser. Okay. You want to be that winner because you will get advantages or small perks for the next challenge. Oh. You get an out. Wow. So. This is exciting. So you can't you can't mess up. Okay. Okay. So and, how do we know you're? What's the? Well, the very much like Santa Claus, we will be seeing you when you're sleeping. We'll know when you are awake. <laughs> And we will be filming you wow. over the course of a week. At least me and my crooked goblins will be filming you unsuspectedly in, through the in office. In my home? In your home. <laughs> in your home. 
I mean, I know that Emily's supposed to be filming me. I don't know what's happened with Max. What was in that employment contract? <laughs> <laughs> what did I sign? Wait, you didn't know about the cameras? They're in everyone's home. <laughs> it's an. It's you know. It's it was because crooked. of the pandemic. It they is wanted, a content yeah, company. They, it was okay, sure. Pan- yeah, yeah. It was, want to make sure everyone's working. Exactly. You know? It was a pandemic thing. They just want to make sure no one's going like this with their. Love. It's got thirty monitors at his house. He's a security guy, though. He's always been a. Yeah, that's 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 his du jour. So <laughs> we also have midweek testimonials where you're going to come in, kind of like the real world, mm. and oh, be like, cool. "Listen, it's a real reality show here. You know, we're day three. Yeah, I'm losing my mind. I'm twitching. <laughs> I'm twitching. I'm leaving. I'm going to the bar. <laughs> Scratching my face. Yeah, you just <laughs> gonna have straight jackets eventually. I can't wait. I think no. This, I'm the gonna next be. I'm gonna, gonna be great. enlightened. I, by yeah. the end of this week, I'm gonna be like floating in a cloud, like the Buddha. Okay. I hope so. I'm really excited. Take up meditation. I do Headspace, who is also not sponsoring this segment. Well, so, so where am I gonna get the Headspace? It's not gonna be on the fucking phone. No. No one was <laughs> able. No one was able to meditate before smartphones. You defined it famously. <laughs> famously. Did not exist no, as a practice. You're, you're correct. No one has ever <laughs> meditated before iPhones. That's so absolutely correct. So unfortunately, it is now time. I think you have to put your iPhones on the tray. I actually, I can't give you my iPhone because I didn't bring it in. Today. I'm gonna have to take this. Goodbye. What? Goodbye. Any parting words? Do you want to say? I'll miss you. <laughs> you hug goodbye. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Here you go. I can't. I cannot oh, watch really this. Really sad. Look at that. <gasps> oh. I just started sweating. Got that offline phone case right there. I hope everyone saw that. We you can find that at the offline. Crooked store. We love a shameless plug. We love a shameless plug. <laughs> it's uh, crooked.com slash store. There you go. There we go. <laughs> crooked.com slash store. Now, gentlemen, I'm going to give you my parting words <laughs> of the offline phone challenge. Okay. And I'm going to move away from the mic because it's going to be loud. All <laughs> cuisine! You are appropriately uh, nuts. Yeah, appropriately nuts. <laughs> just, we love someone that's just at the borderline. I would say high-functioning <laughs> psychopath. That's how we try to hire here. Yeah, exactly. Are you, are you going to be giving up your smartphone? No, no, no. I, uh, I have boundaries, unlike you. <laughs> I, I, you have I, some self-control? I, okay. What is although I don't like? exhibit it, I do have self-control. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Amazing. Um. Thanks, Dumphy. We're, it's been great. You're going to do you fine. You were fantastic. Yeah, oh well, God. okay. Well, You're going to do fine. Six weeks we're locked in here with you. Yes, <laughs> unfortunately so. Let's see if I make it a day. You're going to really shake things up at offline. <laughs> I can't wait. All I'm right. excited. It's going to be really fun. All right, when we come back, Max and I will talk about our upcoming week of misery, plus what's the deal with Blue Sky? The latest and greatest Twitter alternative. Uh, and we'll also talk about the most offline episode of Succession ever. Uh, also one of my favorites. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code WELCOME to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code WELCOME at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. 
If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams. Now celebrating 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams is the originator of everyone's favorite Lux Home Blanket. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as its ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are each made with premium materials. Get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code PODCAST15. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, can I just... The very first thing we did when we went on break within like three seconds was you reached over and you picked up this, your, this your fucking flip F1 phone. sunbeam. Right. <laughs> There's, it hasn't like set it up yet. There's nothing to it. see. There's right. nothing to it see. Just I just picked like, it up. Yeah. It just it like started scrolling it. I'm already wondering. Really incredible. Someone, someone trying to reach me? <laughs> Has there been news? There might be notifications if, on it. What if Donald Trump dies this week? What if someone DM'd you? <laughs> what if Donald Trump is dead right now ah! and we don't know? We could be missing out on that. What kind of a news company are we? Austin, has Trump died in the last eight <laughs> seconds? No. Okay. We're, okay, we're getting we, Austin probably yeah. ran to go. <laughs> He's right. not here anymore either. He's on the He's news. He's all yeah. abandoned. <laughs> um, all right. Now that we've each lost part of our soul, um, <laughs> how are you feeling? What are you dreading most about the next week? And what are you looking forward to? I, so I am literally sweating. The like experience of watching the phone drift away out of my... It was like watching like my arm yeah like walk out of the room it was really kind of intense it's very disorienting and i think it is going to be uh i think it's going to be hard i'm gonna like get in my car and there's gonna be no steely dan yeah and like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i have like a list of things spotify it's mm, gonna be tough yeah yeah uh, which is in the car on walks right. everywhere in my house right Postmates, again, we uh, the cricket office is in a food desert. Yeah. Uh, so we have, Postmates happens a lot. I, can you order Postmates on the on the computer? <laughs> you text someone for your yeah. Uh, my WhatsApp conversations. Yeah. I have plenty of conversations on WhatsApp. Don't know what's going to happen it's there. Actually, it's kind of amazing to realize that like there are a lot of things that the smartphone is actually like incredibly useful for, yeah. like Google Maps or like exercise apps. But also, those are not the things that are at the top of like actually filling your time with it. Right. It's actually like a very small proportion of your time doing the things that you really need the phone for. The Nanit and Charlie's Crib. Again, I'm, I, I guess I'm supposed to watch my child. I guess Charlie's watching himself this watch week. Yeah. <laughs> Uber? What, am I going to get rides places if I need them? <laughs> I guess I'm just driving everywhere. <laughs> driving everywhere, but with no sense of no direction sec- of where you're going. Or Whew. I am looking forward to reading, thinking, and having conversations. <laughs> I really am too. I think that the like the first couple of days, like I think I'm going to be reaching for this phone a lot and like looking for that dopamine hit. And yeah. I am actually really curious to see what happens when I don't have the phone to give me that hit. And it's like, am I just going to like completely go into like the DTs? <laughs> Probably. Or will I like come out the other side of it in a couple of days and maybe start to like see the full spectrum of the rainbow, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have high hopes for myself. Like we said, we do want everyone to join these challenges with us. Mm-hmm. Obviously, going out and getting a flip phone is maybe not the uh, best or most practical challenge for all of you to start with. But if you've ever done that in the past 
or you want to do it now, or you want to do something similar, send us a voice message at offline at crooked.com. You can also talk about uh, offline challenges you're interested in, mm. ideas for us, comments, complaints. Uh, and we promise there will be other challenges down the line where it will be much easier for all of you to participate. All right, before we go, there's a new Twitter clone in town. <laughs> It's always a new Twitter clone. It's called Blue Sky Social. This is it. This is the one. Just like the last one was the one. Twitter co-founder Jack Dorsey is on the board. I've heard of him. Uh, it's currently an invite-only beta version. A lot of media personalities, celebrities, politicians have already joined. And the posts are known as skeets, <laughs> which I feel is a problem. <laughs> I mean, it's we're talking about it. We're... <laughs> it's working. Um, what, do you, what do you think about Blue Sky? Come on, man. I, I people are like, no, this is the one, and maybe they're right, and like maybe I'm being a cynic, but I just feel like we've had so many clones come along, and the like all of the big Twitter addicts are like, no, no, this is the one I'm jumping over, but I feel like it just becomes a like another thing for people to post about on Twitter. I have a reveal here for everyone. Are you on? Are you on Blue Ski? As of late last night, <sighs> I am on Blue Sky, which is perfectly timed because now I don't have a phone. Yeah, it isn't. Uh, but <laughs> no, no skeets. A friend. <laughs> A friend said, this is a loser question, but do you want a Blue Sky invite? I have some extras. That is, that is a loser question, yeah. <laughs> and, she, and, then, and then she also said, and I, and I saw Love It on Twitter asking for one, and I, I, can, give, I can give one to Love It as well. Got the hookup. What'd you charge him? Uh, <laughs> what's your, what's your, what's your finder's fee? I should have done that. So, so Love It and I are both on Blue Sky, but I was scrolling through today. It's basically just, it's like Twitter it's 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 the the pros I guess if you want to call them pros are is is it's as close to Twitter as any of the clones that I've seen. It just looks the same format, everything else. And but the the cons are it's like people still there's not a lot of people there. People still don't really the culture like there's a culture at Twitter. It's not a great it's not a great <laughs> culture, but it's a culture. People yeah. don't know how to act on Blue Sky, so people oh, are posting as they would on right. Twitter. But there's a lot of like, like is this are, is this landing? People is this almost, are almost overcompensating and being too nice. Oh, right, because they said, like, look, we're the, like the good social media app now. Right, and so everyone's you know, being nice yeah. and being like, hey, how are you? And it's just like, what is going on here? It's a, it's kind of a weird not gonna Twilight last. Zone neighborhood <laughs> feel right now. Like but a, I'm not going to know for a couple of days. Like this of, weird, like, nether, like, the space between the space. Yeah, I don't know about it. I don't know. Yeah. But but a lot, Maybe. Of people, a lot of people are on, and it, it yeah. doesn't, it looks a lot like Twitter. But then... What, what everyone's doing with all these clones is they then they go back on Twitter and they talk about their experience they talk about on the being other on Blue Sky. Yeah, <laughs> look at me, like... I'm on Blue Sky. It's great. I'm really impressed. Yeah, no more toots. Now it's all skeets. <laughs> I mean, it does. If Twitter, I feel like the I feel like the only way that one of these would take off is if Twitter fully collapsed. Yes, which is is on the table. Right. Right. All right. Finally, we got to talk about last week's episode of Succession. Oh man, which, so offline. Which is titled "Living Plus." Uh, <laughs> if you haven't seen it yet, what is wrong with you? Um, but also, we're about to spoil it, so sure. now's a good time to stop listening yeah. if you don't want it spoiled. Um, all right. So, obviously, a lot of important plot developments in this episode. Now, only four left in the series, but it's basically about the um, Waystar launch, product launch of a gated retirement community <laughs> called Living Plus. <laughs> which uh, Shiv calls prison camps for grannies. <laughs> and uh, this launch, which was scheduled well before Logan died, gives Kendall another idea for how he can blow up the Gojo deal. Mm -hmm. They uh, drive up Waystar's stock price so that Matson can't afford it, 
by getting Living Plus a tech valuation. Mm-hmm. And of course- And he does like, the whole like tech pitch. He does the like investor conference, and, like and, Steve and, Jobs thing. And cousin Greg has such a great reply when he's like, I'm going to get it a tech valuation, which is, I think it's hard to make houses seem like tech because <laughs> we've had houses for a while now. <laughs> but, um, but Kendall notices something in the Living Plus promotional material that promises personalized longevity programs or what he calls live more forever. And then he decides this is the killer app. Right. And then he makes up a bunch of very inflated numbers, mm-hmm. projections for growth, right. Right. does the C-list parody of a Steve Jobs presentation, and then all of his siblings and the other people at um, the company think it's going to be like a fucking disaster because every time Kendall does something in public, it's a disaster. But then the reaction from investors and from the press and on Twitter starts to be quite good. And so then they all hail Kendall as a genius. Right. I thought it was one of the maybe one of the best satires of Silicon Valley I've seen on television. What did, what did you think? I agree. It was really clever. The, um, the way in the pitch that he took something that already existed and said, actually, it's tech now. And by the way, <laughs> it's going to literally give people immortality and we were going to double revenue. Everybody knowing that that number was completely made up and complete bullshit is like a really classic Silicon Valley thing. Like there's this story that Rene DiResta, who is a long, mm. like like former tech Been on the pod. venture capitalist, right? We both talked to this story that she tells about going to one of these big tech conferences by Y Combinator, which is like Paul Graham's big tech accelerator. And hearing all of these pitches where people are like, I invented a robot that will like do like zooms with you and it's like going to revolutionize work and we're going to have triple profits and like looking at these charts and it's like clearly it's made up. She just talks about there's like there's not even a Y axis on the chart. It's just a line going up. And seeing and looking around, everybody like applauding and buying in, even though it's just like obvious emperor has no clothes, like completely made. And like part of that is the culture of the valley that just like everyone is high in their own supply. Everyone is convinced each other that they're the masters of the universe. And it's like, we're going to do houses. So now it's going to like, like quadruple value. But it is also this very, there's like a particular economics behind it, which is like, if you are a tech investor, you actually don't care that the numbers are bullshit. And you actually right. love that the numbers are bullshit because you don't care that it's never going to come true. Your play is just put in a bunch of money and then go public on Wall Street a year later, sell all of your shares by telling Wall Street, Living Plus is going to give people immortality and we've reinvented houses as tech, which which is where that comes from. It's also interesting that, um, and I've seen this, and I'm sure you've seen this in your reporting, and I've seen this in tech companies too, which is that, like it starts with, someone has developed a new technology, right? Like this one was 100% bullshit, but a lot of tech starts with some kind of technology. And then you have to sell it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And because you, you, you want the valuation and you want people to, and, and, yeah. and selling goes to the founders, right? right? right Most right, of the right. time. Yeah. And then the founders at some point bring on marketing teams. Mm-hmm. And so, so much of tech over the last several years, decade has become marketing and marketing is, um, a lot of it is bullshit by design. And so all of these tech pitches play to, as Kendall did, the lowest common denominator hopes and dreams of everyone, right? So it's like live forever. And it's interesting what they did is because motivations are complex, right? And yes, these people want money, you could tell, but also like the Roys are all rich beyond their wildest dreams. Anyway, they're not in this for the money. They're in this for like their dead father's approval, but also for power, for winning the game. And so, um, well, the the timing I thought is kind of ironic because um, Elon Musk just did one of these conferences for 
not the exact same reason, but he was also trying to pump up the stock price of Tesla because it had been declining for a while. So he did this big, like literally, I think like just a month or two ago, did a big investor conference where he promised all of these like big, huge things. But because the tech bubble is like starting to burst a little bit or like starting to shrink, investors didn't buy it. So it's like kind of an interesting contrast with like, and the show has been building to this moment for a long time. Like Jerry had this moment where she said like tech is coming, the money is going to wash you away. Yeah. And it's funny because that is where the economy has been for the last 20 years. But as we've talked about, like that moment is actually just now ending. Yes. Like the, the gojos of the world actually don't have their stock prices tripling anymore. And like when Elon Musk tried to do his big conference to like drive up the stock price, it actually didn't work. Yeah. So it's actually not quite clear that we still live. I mean, it works perfectly for the show, but that we actually still live in that world. It reminded me most of all the different tech companies. It's It was like a Theranos story because basically yeah, like Kendall has yeah. now defrauded investors. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like spread disinformation. Right. Yeah. And I also thought that it was very interesting because you see some of these tech companies and you're like, all right, there's a lot of smart people there. Mm-hmm. Maybe the founder is high on his own supply. Like how could no one think it's bullshit? Right. And in that episode... Everyone does think it's bullshit, right? right? Like they know. they're right. all making fun of Kendall. They think he's going to flame out. You know, uh, Roman decides not to do the presentation at the last minute because Shiv tells him it's crazy, right? right? And yet, as soon as the markets right. and the people and Twitter right. and, the, and mass audience right. decide they like it, right. everyone's like, "The price, you're is a up. genius." So it worked. I always knew this guy right. was a genius. Yeah. which is exactly what happens. It's a great point. There's no. No one thinks that there's an actual product at the end of this because that's not why you do these launches. The way the reason you do these launches is to drive up the price in the short term, which is like has worked in the past, but like maybe doesn't work right. anymore. And it's so it's like the, the timing is also ironic because it's like Matson, who is clearly supposed to be like a little bit of an Elon Musk character, like sending the tweet in the middle of the presentation that like blows up his own yeah. position and that like plays right into Kendall's hands, which I was glad they did anyway, because like Matson has been so invincible through the whole series. Like he needed to falter a little bit and have some foibles to make it like a little bit more interesting. But yeah. it was like, I thought a fun way to bring in like, yeah, he's on Twitter, but it's like, he's blowing up his own deal with it. And they really are as cynical as every character is in that show. They, re- they, they still have a little bit of being high on their own supply because their father just died and Kendall and Roman are like, I mean, I think it would be great to cheat death. <laughs> Maybe we could do something where we can get people. Like, we don't have the technology. This isn't that at all. But if we head down that path, maybe yeah. we could do this, I mean, which is, again, what happens. In- the, the rich might get that technology. You and I won't get it. But <laughs> the people who have who were selling their company for $194 billion, $192 billion, they might live forever. Live more forever. I also, it was a great, my, my the most offline sentence of the whole series so far is he's like, it's like, it's like physical social media (laughs) in the real world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, All right, Max, good luck this week. Maybe I'll be talking to you because I have nothing else to do. I hope, I hope we'll find our way back to the office. (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to get here. Yeah. (laughs) I think I'm late for my next meeting, but no one's, I I don't No way for them to reach you. No one can get me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bye everyone. We'll see you next week. All right, guys. Offline is a Crooked Media production. It's written and hosted by me, John Favreau. It's produced by Austin Fisher. Emma Illick-Frank is our associate producer. Andrew Chadwick is our sound editor. Kyle Seglin, Charlotte Landis, and Vasilis Fotopoulos sound engineer the show. Jordan Katz and Kenny Siegel take care of our music. 
Thanks to Michael Martinez, Ari Schwartz, and Amelia Montooth for production support. And to our digital team, Elijah Cohn and Rachel Gajewski, who film and share our episodes as videos every week. And a special thanks to Caroline Dumphy for guiding Max and I through these challenges. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.